What a great family, huh? What a wonderful, wonderful family of God. None of us perfect. Not a one of us. Some of us may think so, but we're not. Only by the grace of God are we perfect. But he's given us the power and the presence to walk in perfection. You realize that, don't you? He's given us the ability to walk in his presence, in obedience to his Holy Spirit, to do mighty things for him. It's an honor to be here. Praise God. It's an honor. Amen. It's an honor to stand in this pulpit that is so anointed of God and the presence is so mighty in this place because of our faith to believe for it. It doesn't happen by accident, people. It's your faith. Faith is what changes things. And that's exciting. Because you can move mountains with that faith, can't you? You know, I was in, um, I was in Africa. And... I was in a situation I probably shouldn't have been in. I was in a place I shouldn't have been in. But God covered me mightily, just covered me, protected me with his angels, with no fear, none at all. And I knew he was next to me all the time. It was like this being was standing next to me all the time, walking with me, talking with me, protecting everything I, I did or said. It was like his presence was always there. His Bible says he'll never leave us forsake us, no matter what we do. You know, God gave us this beautiful present. It's a present beyond understanding. He wrapped it in gold, pure gold, and, and, and the most amazing present. And there's so many people that never open that gift up. You realize that? They never open that gift up. Christians never totally open the gift up. They receive salvation, but they never go any farther than that. God wants us to go. He wants to bless us beyond our imagination. We can't even imagine what God wants to do. If God, if I gave you this beautiful present, and you think, well, I might have $100,000 in that gift, but you never, ever open it. Ever. That beautiful gift that's wrapped up, you never bother opening it. And then that gift is pure health, pure provision beyond understanding. He said it, not me. This is not my sermon, by the way, so just praise God. <laughs> I'm encouraging you the things of God. God's real. His presence is real. That gift is real. Healing is ours. We need to start speaking divine healing upon our lives instead of begging God for the gift. Let's open the gift up and start thanking him for what he's already done for us. It's completed for provisions for your life, finances, whatever. Start thanking him for it. It's already in the gift. Open it up. And if you receive the gift, you've never thanked the person who gave the gift. Something's wrong. Think about that. Be grateful for what your God has done. Guess what he'll do? He'll start blessing the socks off of you because you're acknowledging what he's done for you, which will change your life and the environment you live in. It doesn't happen by accident. You have to have faith to step into it. Nothing is done without faith. I don't care what you are, who you do, how much religion you got in your mind. You will never move nothing without faith in your God. The Bible says if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you'll say unto this mountain, be cast into the sea. It shall be done if you don't doubt in your heart. The only thing that stops it is doubt and unbelief. Right. Right. It's a fact of life, people. 
we serve a God that is so mighty, so powerful, that it's not my enticing words. It's his presence that changes things. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. It's the anointing God places in each one of our individual lives to change the lives around us. It works, people. You carry that anointing. The only thing that lacks in that anointing is your mind. Your mind stops that anointing from doing what it can do. Oh, Wally has this anointing, or pastor's got this anointing. Wrong thinking. God didn't say that in his word. Are you a believer? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, then you've got power to change lives. You lack nothing. You lack nothing to change lives. The only thing you lack is your attitude. We need to have attitudes of authority. God has given us all power and authority to change mountains, to move mountains, the authority to raise the dead, the real authority to cast out devils, the alcoholics, the drug addicts, the authority to change marriages in homes, in our churches, in our country. Our country's falling to hell in a handbag. What's the church doing? It is asleep. We're so busy with programs and, 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 and being socially proper. and What a waste of time. God didn't die on that cross and give us all power and authority to play games. It's not a social gathering. The kingdom of God suffered violent, and the violent take it by force. We're at war. That's reality whether we like it or not. And until we get a hold of this thing, the church is going around and being defeated by a lion who's nothing but making a lot of noise. But if you buy them lies that that lion gives you that devil, you will be defeated. My children are destroyed because of what? Lack of what? What is knowledge? Right here, people. God's anointed word, which never returns back void. It is anointed to go forth and do the work that God called it to do. He anointed you to move mountains. We have to change the communities we live in. The only way we're going to change our environment, in our state, in our communities, is who we are in Christ Jesus. We need to know the authority we walk in. And if you don't know it, you're going to be defeated. My children are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. My children. God's own children will be destroyed on this earth, whether you call it cancer, disease, heart failure, children being destroyed by molestation, whatever. The only way that can be destroyed is because you're not standing in the truth God has given you. He's given you all power and authority. You can trample. He's already destroyed the works of Satan. You don't even have to fight the battle. Jesus Christ fought the battle for you. He made you more than a conqueror. He fought the battle. You don't even have to fight it. All you've got to do is stand on this word with the shield of faith, quenching every fiery dart that comes towards you. You lack nothing, people. Come on, church. Come alive. We don't have time for religious games. The end is coming. God's rising up a church with power and authority. He has given us that power and authority to change the environment. We have to be the ones that change the environment. Amen. I can remember my wife and I driving down the highway in, in Washington. I didn't know our son had borrowed somebody's brand new pickup. We drove by this pickup. It was rolled up in a ball of steel. And my wife and I said, we need to pray for him right now. 
whoever's in that truck, because there's no way. We started praying. We started praying in the spirit. We started binding up the enemy. We get home. It's my son and his girlfriend balled up in that truck. We go to the hospital. They come out of the emergency rooms. They say this. You got this broken, that broken, this broken. My wife and I says, no way. We start coming against that thing now in Jesus' name. Not in the natural sense, not with fear. Fear you're done for it. You're defeated right now. We came with authority of God. We took his word. We started speaking the word in situation. We'll not accept that. We spoke life in it. They went back in the room. No, we couldn't find anything. That went away. Now we have this a problem. So we went ahead and we prayed for that problem. It went back and forth, back and forth. Finally, the little girl was in. She has a broken collarbone. She has this and that. We started praying for her now. We started binding the enemy up, speaking to that bone, speaking to the structure of that little girl. Now she was healed. My son came home with us from the hospital. They had to take the jaws of life and cut him out of the truck. He was in a ball of steel, both of them. They should have been dead. Because there's believers, people that stand up with truth and fight for your children. Quit playing games. Don't let the world dictate to you. The world's been dictating the church too long. The church needs to dictate to the world who we are. We have a president. He's not perfect, but it's time for us to stop talking about him, start praying for him. He at least acknowledges Jesus Christ. He knows who he is. He's willing to pray to him. He surrounded himself with godly people. Is he perfect? Are you? There's the answer, people. We're not perfect, but we're perfect in him. And when you pray, you have power. You have authority. Guard your tongue. Don't let, don't let curses come out of your tongue. Don't curse your children. Don't curse your pastors. Don't curse your churches. Don't curse your state, your country. Every time you speak negative, you have power. What dwells in you? The anointing of the most high God. When you speak unto the mountain, where does it go? It goes into the sea if you don't doubt. So guess what? When you speak, what do you think's happening? You speak terrible twos, rebellious teens, I'll guarantee you, you will have terrible twos. You will have rebellion beyond your understanding because you just give Satan permission to do whatever the hell he wants to do in your life. You've opened up the gates of hell to work in your life with your mouth. Because death and life is in the power of the tongue. Blessing, cursing's in the power of the tongue. Come on. You have authority, people. You've got power. Learn to walk in it. Get a hold of this book. Let it come alive in your heart. Let the Spirit of God come upon you. I don't care if you're in the shower. Raise your hands up and start praying in the Spirit. Have a personal relationship with Him. You might fall down in the tub or whatever. It doesn't matter. Your glory of God's on your life. What difference does it make? God's a big God. Oh, my goodness, He's a big God. He loves His children. He loves to honor His Word. He's made us more than a conqueror for that purpose. The anointing of God is for one purpose, to be a testimony for the kingdom of God, to be a testimony of what Jesus Christ accomplished on that cross. I was praying for a little girl in Iowa. She had faith. Jesus, Jesus, would you give me a new thumb? And I said, yes, Jesus will give you a new thumb. Prayed for her. She went under the power of God. Halfway through the service, boom, a brand new thumb. That's the God you serve, people. Has nothing to do with Wally. It has to do with him. He accomplished it already. The only thing that lacks us is our lack of faith. Our lack of truth. 
that word coming alive within us. The only way that word's going to come alive in us is if we get into it and allow it to come into our heart and feed our mind and feed our spirit and feed our soul. Even in McDonald's, that word's alive. I don't care where I go, that presence is in my life. Driving down the road, it doesn't matter what I am doing. If I'm working on the church, whatever I'm doing, there is a presence within my life that is always there. It never leaves me. His anointing is always there. I don't have to drum it up. I don't have to get on my knees. I don't have to shout and holler. It's always there. He placed it there in my life for one purpose, to be a witness for the kingdom of God, to set the captives free, to raise the dead. Whatever it takes, Father. That's what God called me to do. That's what he called you to do. He's a great God. But when you slip or fall, here's a good example of what happens. But it's upside down. I'll just explain it to you. Peter's walking on the water. Jesus calls him to tell him to come. All of a sudden, he gets fearful and looks at the storm around him. We get fearful. We look at the storm around us. What happens to us? We start sinking. Fear enters in. We start sinking. What did Peter do? He called out to Jesus. Lord, save me. Well, that's the best thing you could do. You find yourself slipping. That's why you come to this altar for prayer. Lord, save me. Help me. I'm struggling in those areas. God didn't say you had to be perfect. God made a way even for that. He said, cry out to me. Ask me. Seek me. And you will find. I will cover you. I will take care of you. It's it's the presence of God. He loves his children beyond your understanding. Those little children back here, they're all over this place. This place got a lot of kids. (laughs) These two pastors got a lot of work. (laughs) We're blessed, people. We are a blessed church beyond understanding. We are so blessed. But God wants his church to become alive. Don't get so busy in the world that you don't do what God's called you to do. The word says, put his kingdom first, and all these things shall be added unto you. It also talks about the sparrow in the sky. Pastor talked about it this morning, how it flies, how it never even loses anything or falls from the sky without the Lord knowing it. How much more he loves you. And how much more he will take care of you and clothe you and take care of you. We are so engulfed. Satan has us so involved with the, with the cares of the world that we lose sight of what our call is. Right. We lose sight of what our calling is. He's got us so busy, so occupied. If he can keep the church busy, occupied with social gatherings, programs, just whatever. Just keep us busy. Keep us busy. We can't do what God's called us to do. It's a fact of life. He's got us right where he wants us. The church has got to slake off that slumber and rise up and say, no, we're going to rise up in the anointing and presence of God. We're going to change the way we operate and the way we do things. This church is one of the most anointed churches I've been in in this country almost. I've been in some other, but this church has an anointing in it. The presence of God is real. You have a pastor who is very hungry for the presence of God. He's not satisfied. Your pastor is not satisfied. He wants more. He wants more of God. He's hungry for God for you. He wants the presence of God to move in your life, to change your life, to be more like him. 
God is a powerful God, and he cares about you. You have a pastor who cares about you. You have pastors in this church that are they're dedicated their life to bringing up your children and guiding them and giving them the tools and the power of God to change lives. I was in one church not too long ago, and God told me to preach this message to the children. And I thought I was preaching to the adults. So I said, okay, I prepared the message for the children. And I get up there. And about 60 little kids just like, after this message, just surround the whole front of the church. And I'm like, wow. Because I was really thought I was supposed to preach to adults, which I was. The adults were behind them. The presence of God, this is the key to the church. The presence of God hit those little children. They all were on the floor weeping. Many talking in tongues. Being filled with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God. That's God. Amen. That's God. The pastor puts his head on the pulpit and starts weeping because the presence of God is so strong in the place. God promises us this. His word, signs and wonders will always follow his word. Amen. It will always follow his word. So when you deliver the word of God, when you're out there sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, expect God to do something mightily through you. Yeah. Ask him. Ask him. Ask him for advice. Ask him for wisdom and knowledge. Ask him for discernment for the situation. God will give it to you. He will give it to you. Get your mind full of the word so that when, when you're there ready to deliver the presence of God, you have the word of God which sets them free. Amen. And that word will go so deep into the, into the very bone structure of a human being. When you use that word, it will pierce deeply into their being. It will so change their life, they'll never be the same. Yes. Ever. Yes. I've had an alcoholic sit in my room full of drugs. I have watched the Word of God literally before my eyes in minutes change their entire continents, totally set them free. Yeah. And today the guy is still serving God mightily for him. Wow. Totally Amen. under the bondage of Satan. But Jesus has already delivered him. He's already given us the power to do this. Jesus says, I go to the Father, and I'm going to give you the Spirit, which is, if I don't, I need to give you this power so that you can do the works that I have done, and even greater works. And the same Spirit that raised him from the dead is going to dwell within you. Think of that. The same presence of God that raised our Savior from the dead, he placed within our beings to change the environment we live in. It's not just to feel good or to speak in tongues. It's to change our communities, our towns, our churches, our homes, marriages, our government. Right. Our government, if we come together and start praying for our government in this country, it will change it. Amen. Two or more gather many, whatever we ask for, it shall be done. We speak unto a mountain, be cast in the ocean. What is a lousy human being who's got a political name in front of him? Nothing for God. <laughs> it's nothing for God. The only reason Satan's having a heyday in America is because the church is asleep. They don't know who they are in Christ Jesus. That is the only thing stopping you. When you're in school, children, know what dwells in you. Holy Spirit's not just for adults. You're, for the day you accept Jesus Christ, you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have the same power. You have the power to raise the dead. I've seen little children, eight, nine years old, walk through the body of Christ and slay the whole place. That's the God we serve. You can't tell me he's just for adults. 
Suffer the children not to come unto me. Amen. That means let them come. I'm right there for them. My arms are open to them. I will fill them with my presence. I will use them for my glory. I will shine through every child. You think camp isn't important? It's very important because that's where they get the foundation to be able to shine for Jesus. And men of God who teach what this man will teach or the men that will be there to teach this, it's vitally important that we pray that the anointing and presence is upon their life. That's right. You have power in prayer, people. This is, a, this is one of the few churches I know in Alaska that pray the degree this church prays. Wow. Every morning, I'm impressed. Not only praise people, we're doing war. That prayer room that's going on here is a war room. That's a fact of life. It is war taking place. We're driving back the gates of hell that are holding our community, our city, our marriages, our homes bondage. We're driving it back so the, so the harvester of gods can go forth. That's you. You're the harvesters. Each and every one of you are God's harvesters. That's a fact of life. They're not angels. They're you. You are God's harvesters. He has called you to harvest the kingdom of God. He has given you the power and the tools to do it. Totally empowered you to do that. It is amazing, isn't it? Sometimes I'm so amazed who my God is. Sometimes God does some things that I just, all I can do is hold my head and start weeping. Because he's so awesome. God is so awesome. My wife and I have lost three homes in our life. Three of them. Two of them, no insurance, and the other one we gave away. Had $2,000 in the bank. God restored it in three months. Well, how could he do that? That's not my problem. I told God he had the problem. I honored him. I put his kingdom first. I honored his word. He stood there, and I had a house paid for. And the church didn't give it to me. The world gave unto me, pressed down, shaken, running over. That house was paid for. And I don't mean a small house. I made the house twice as big as what the other one was. I prayed for two other people that needed houses, Eskimos, and I think I shared this within you. One came to me, she says, do you think Jesus would give me a house? I said, do you have faith to believe Jesus to give you a home? Well, can I have it paid for? I says, where's your faith? I have faith. I says, all right, we'll pray. One year later, she has a house paid for. See, we're so geared to the system, we trust the system. We think we've got to go through all this thing. We're so ingrained. This is what we need to become ingrained with. God's principles and truth. He's the one that said he'd take care of you. He sees the one that said he'd pour it out on you, not me. And he honors it. God replaced those homes. Not just replaced them. He blessed us way beyond it. The house was twice as big paid for. Not even the same house. These two ladies, the next year her friend wanted the same thing. She prayed the prayer. Guess what? Now she had a house paid for. Wow. Wow. God's not a respecter of persons. Her close friend got a house for nothing. Why can't I get one? I said, you have faith? Yes, she had faith. She believed God for it. I've had people come to me, I just want a little bit of the Holy Spirit. Just a little bit. I've watched them get bombarded with God's presence. The anointing of God is real. It is real. Chase after it. Get hungry for it. Run it down. I'm serious. Chase after it. 
There's no end to the presence of God. There is no end to his glory. Get so hungry for his glory, it just grows more and more and more and more. I just keep crying out for more. I'm never satisfied. In all the years I've served God, I have never been satisfied. I want more, and I chase after more. I'm hungry for more. I want to be more like him and less like Wally. I want to have more of his word, more of his desires in my mind and my heart, and less of Wally's desires and minds. You think my desire is to build a church at 70-some years old? No. Let's get serious, people. <laughs> but because God's in it and God's behind it, yes. Absolutely. Because it's advancing the kingdom of God, it has a soul-saving purpose. It will change our community. We're not building a building. We're building a place that will house the king presence of God to represent and train people to go out and do the kingdom of God's work. With authority and power. That's what it's all about. All authority and power. Jesus says, I give you all all authority and power over Satan, all of his kingdom, all of his principalities, all of his powers. I give you all authority over him. You lack nothing. How can you not be victorious? Because you lack his truth in your life. There's over 7,000 covenant promises that came through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And most church members in this nation couldn't name you 10 of them. And you wonder why the church is asleep. Right, right. There it is. Just look for the covenant promises. Read that book and ask the Holy Spirit to show you his covenant promises, his word. It will come so alive in you. You're just like, whoa, that's a promise for me. Wow, that's a promise. You grab a hold of him and you start thanking him for it. You find the thing that pertains to your life. If you're dealing with cancer, don't you ever come to me and say, God gave you cancer to teach you something because you're not going to get very far from me. Because the one lady that did that, I says, fine, lady. I believe in my God being a double portion God. Amen. Since God's going to teach you something then, I'm going to ask him to give you a double portion of cancer so he can really teach you something so you can really learn. I says, lady, that's how dumb the words just came out of your mouth is. You're just cursing your life right into death. I says, now do you want to be healed because Jesus has already healed you? Do you believe that? By the stripes of Jesus, you have been healed. Or do you want to live under this curse and die? Well, well, I want to live. <laughs> I says, do you have faith to believe? I says, yes, I can believe. The woman got healed yeah. of cancer right there. She got filled with the Holy Ghost, slain in the spirit, dropped her on the ground. The presence of God is mighty. I went into a Catholic church. They told me I had 20 minutes to preach. Three hours later, the presence of God was so strong in that church, the largest church in this city, Catholic church. It was huge, beautiful marble floors. They asked me to come and speak to the children, to the youth. And I'm going to tell you something, people. They told me I could never preach or do what I do in those services. The Holy Ghost took that service over. There was like 90 to 100 kids that accepted Jesus Christ. About the same amount got filled with the Holy Ghost. One of the nuns came up and said, I've been depressed for a year. This is the God that's within us. This is the presence that's in us. I says, well, what's the opposite of depression? She said, the joy. Joy is. I says, fine. 
Raise your hands up and ask God to fill you with his joy. Bam, she falls on the floor, rolls up and down the miles aisles, laughing out of control. Literally out of control. I'm like saying, oh my God, they're going to kick me out of this place. <laughs> That's reality. That's what's going on in my mind. 20 minutes. Now the next nun comes up. There's two of them. Now I have two penguins rolling on the floor full of the Holy Ghost, rolling in the aisles. They wrote me a letter that was second to none. Those kids didn't know that God was so real and so personal, that he loved them so much that he touched their inner being and changed them. The letter's unbelievable. I've never been invited back, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's okay. Praise God. But I've talked to many of them. You know, don't let anybody dictate to you, you can't do this, you can't do that in some meaning. You've got, you've got to go in there, you know, you've got to think about their social activity and all this and that. Don't ever believe that. I've been in Africa, I've been in the South Pacific. When the Holy Ghost moves, the anointing's there. It don't matter who you are and where you are. It changes people's lives and their touch because they're healed, they're set free, they're delivered. I don't care if they bounce off of concrete floors with their head, they never get hurt. That's the God you serve. I went into one church. It was splitting. It was ready to destroy it. I didn't know it was going to be destroyed. And I'm preaching there. They didn't know they brought me in there to try to save the church. They didn't tell me none of this stuff. Wow. Besides that, I didn't speak their language. So I'm praying for this one lady. I had my hands on her head. And all of a sudden, I start praying for her. She grabs her, my hands and puts them on her eyes. She was blind. Her eyes were instantly open. She started running through the place, going crazy under the power of God, got filled with the Holy Ghost, later on slain in the spirit on the floor, absolutely under the power of God. The church went crazy, and through that meeting, that church didn't break up. It grew. Amen. That's the God we serve. He's a healing God. He's a restoring God. He's a God of power. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of authority. He's given us that authority. He's given you men and women the authority to change the environment we live in. Church, stake, city, it doesn't matter what it is. Don't be moved by the world. Don't be moved by threat. Don't be moved by fear. Don't ever let fear move you. To a Christian, it means false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R. That's reality. He's a big God. He loves his church. He paid a great price for it. He was beaten unrecognizable. I was in the Louvre in France. In the basement, I found a picture of Christ from the first century. They took it out of the, uh, the catacombs, I think they're called underground caves, whatever it was they were hiding out in. They had that thing on that, in there, and I think they were still restoring it. I was a GI, and I don't think I was supposed to be down there. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> I fell down weeping because that person on that cross, you couldn't recognize he was human. Wow. It says he was beaten unrecognizable. You couldn't recognize him being a man. That was the painting. I just started weeping. This is what my Savior paid for. I can never let that go in vain. Ever. See, we, we talk about it. It's words to us. But all of a sudden you see a picture of what it really looked like from a first century person that was probably standing there in front of Jesus and seen it. 
And all of a sudden, I'm just like, unbelievable, God. How could you do that? How could you even let your son be beaten that bad where you couldn't even see he was a man anymore? Wow. He did that so we could be, have authority and walk in victory, so the church could be a shining light, so we could be the salt of the earth. We could change the lives around us. We didn't have to be a sleeping church. We could be a giant, moving mountains for Jesus Christ, driving back the gates of hell that are hindering our lives, hindering the church, hindering, the, hindering our marriages, hindering our homes, diseases. All that stuff has no right. Do you think the darts are going to hit you? Read Ephesians chapter 6. The darts will hit you. But if you stand with the shield of faith, what happens to the darts? You quench them. The words quench means in the Hebrew, it means take a fire truck hose, start spraying it. It doesn't go out right away. The fire's burning. It's raging. The thorns hit you. The darts hit you. They're real. You feel them. Your senses feel them. The doctors see it. Don't buy the lie when he tells you. Don't you speak that thing he curses you with. Wow. It's okay he speaks it, but don't you speak it. Amen. Don't you start. You don't need to tell people what you need prayer for. Give me a break, people. You don't have to tell me nothing. You don't think the Holy Spirit can do groanings and stuff deeper than you'll ever understand? The Holy Ghost knows what's going on in your life. I'll guarantee it. And when you lay hands, it's the anointing that destroys the work of God. It's not our words. It's his anointing that destroys it. Drives back the gates of hell. It drives back sickness, disease, curses, whatever it is. It dries it out of your life. Yes, there's a time element in healing. Miracles are instant. Book of James, it says they shall recover. The prayer of of the elders, of the righteous, are prayed. They shall recover. That's a time element. From the time I lay hands on you, from the time, from the time you are healed, day one, better better, 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 until you're totally restored. Not maybe you shall be. No, you are healed. You are healed. But what's happening, we're all looking for miracles now. doesn't say we're all going to have a miracle. Some of us will walk under a time zone. That's okay. You're being restored. We had a brother share on Sunday that he had some diseases or something. Now he's walking today. He took the word step by step. He stood on it. He didn't waver from it. He just kept drawing and stronger. The word was getting reaching him. He kept reading the word, building himself up. Now he's walking. Now he's walking miles. Before he couldn't walk at all, he's bedridden. But the word of God changed it, laying hands on him. The beginning started, he started being healed. Now miracles are instant. They are now. No questions asked. They're real. But they're both real. But you see, we're all looking for the miracle. But if you read the word, you will realize there's not all miracles. There are time elements. Part of it comes to build our faith. Part of it comes to see if we'll stand with the shield of faith and not be moved. That's reality. That is what it's all about. It's teaching us to be an elder, to be tried and tested and not moved. God wants us to go through trials and testings and not move. When our one home burned down, you know the song is that God gave our children and my wife and I? We had nothing. We had no place to live. We had no clothes for our children. I had nothing left. It's in the book of James. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this is your trial of your faith, work is patience. When patience has its perfect way, you want nothing. Count it all joy. 
What a crazy thing. We started singing that thing. We sang it, and we sang it. The kids were singing it. Before we knew it, three months later, we've got a house sitting there paid for. Unbelievable. But God gave us that scripture because we were looking at it in the natural. It didn't look good. Let's get serious. Do you think that looks good? Your home burned down. You have no insurance. You have a couple grand in the bank, and there you have four kids that are running around in pajamas, no clothes for them. But God just opened up the floodgates of heaven and just started pouring out blessings on us, one right after the other. We sat in the mall in Fred Myers and Anchorage. It wasn't, it was right by Sears. There wasn't a lot in Anchorage then. A lot of you people don't know that, but back then, that was in the early 80s. <laughs> but anyway, we're in this big parking lot. We're sitting there. We're early. We drove to about three hours to get to town. We'd go to Anchorage once every three months to buy groceries because we homesteaded. And we were in town, and um, we were in the car, and we were praying, and we were talking, the kids and I. All of a sudden, the man appears by our door. We're in the center of the parking lot. We're not next to a building, nothing like that. This man comes up to us, knocks on the window. He says, I haven't eaten in three days. You wouldn't have a job for me. So I could get something to eat. And I looked at him, I rolled, talked to him, and says, no, but if you're back home, I would give you a job. Where I live, but I live three hours away. And I just, something quickened my spirit within me. I had nothing. Think about this, people. I slipped that man 20 bucks. Turned around, and what do you think happened to that man? He said this to me. The Lord will bless you mightily for this. And vanished. I just entertained an angel. God was testing me. He was seeing what I would do. That day, everything I touched was multiplied like hundreds of times. It didn't matter what I did. It was multiplied and multiplied. But in the natural, I didn't have any money to give that guy. He's better off than I was. Let's get serious. If I would have been in the poor pity trip, poor me, poor this, poor that, I don't have a home, I don't know what to do, wah, wah, wah. And that's exactly what you will get. Wah, wah, wah. You will get nothing from God. That's the way it works, people. God's looking for his children to know his voice and trust him. That's all he's asking for. It's not that difficult, people. Religion makes it difficult. Your mind makes it difficult. It's an easy task. It's easy. It's not a difficult thing. Just ask God. All you got to do is ask, Lord, help me. Lord, give me strength. Show me in your word. Help me to see your truth. Let your truth come alive in me. Let it change my life. Show me the way. Show me people today that need to know you as Lord and Savior. Give me the wisdom and knowledge to lead them to your presence, Father. Give me the anointing to drive back Satan and all the sickness and disease and the people I run into. Thank you for this anointing. After you ask him, you always acknowledge it by thanking him. I like to be thanked by my children when I give them a good gift, when I give them thanks. God's the same way. He's waiting for us to thank you, Father, for boring the stripes you bore for us through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for what you've done. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for saving my soul. When I was 17 years old, I got struck by lightning. Just about killed me. Actually, I was dead. But I cried out to Jesus. First thing I cried out, Lord, I need your help. Please help me, Lord. I don't know if I did it in my mind or wherever I did it. I thought I did it out loud because I don't know. 
because I was thrown 50 feet through the air. I never touched the ground, people. Wow. I came down to the ground and discharged all that voltage, literally 30, 40, 50, 60, 100,000 volts. I have no idea, but it blew all the holes off my body. Doctor said uh, I should have never lived. But my God had a different task for me. Amen. He had a call in my life long before that when I was a little child. And I knew it. And he took care of me. He raised me up. I walked like a robot. I was paralyzed from the waist down. My hands and arms were all paralyzed. But within days, my arms started coming back. My legs started coming back miraculously. God just started healing me one thing right after the other. Boom, 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 boom. He rescued me so I could one day come out and, and preach the gospel. I had another man say I would sit down beside kings and leaders of country. I laughed in his face. I was a farmer. I was a machinist. I was 22 years old. I laughed at him. wasn't too long after that I was sitting next to the governor of a country being blessed. And I had the last left, people. Don't just laugh at people when they give you a prophetic word. You better take it for heart. Put it on a counter. Put it on a ledge someplace and weigh it out. We serve a big God. Hallelujah. Are you excited what your Jesus has done for you? Yes. Are you ready to move mountains for him? Yes. You're more than a conqueror? Yes. He fought the battle? Yes. You don't even have to fight it. You don't know what a more a conqueror is, right? More than a conqueror is this. More than a conqueror. I didn't have very many amens. So I better explain this. I go out and fight a fight. I win a million dollar purse. I'm a conqueror, right? I conquered. I won. I go home. I give the million dollars to my wife. She's more than a conqueror. I fought the fight. She got the reward. Jesus fought the fight. We get the reward. That's what more than a conqueror is. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I'm going to end this because I want to pray for you. But the God I serve is by far the best friend this man has ever walked with. Ever, people. I have never... I've never had, I don't even know what it is to not have my God really close to me in my life, ever. I don't know what it is. In fact, if he wasn't there, I think I would just run and jump off a bridge someplace and end it. Because he's so much a part of who this man is in my life that I've walked and talked with. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. I'm a sinner saved by his grace and only by his grace. But do I love him? with everything that's within me. Everything I have belongs to him. My children, my family, all the stuff I own, it's all his. He's the CEO of our companies, our corporations. He owns it all. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, so if I need some cattle, he even give me some of those. Right? Your God loves you. He wants to care for you. He wants to give you all the provisions you can imagine. You've got to put his kingdom first. It's not going to happen unless you put his kingdom first. Then he will provide for you beyond understanding. He made the settings. He set the rules. It's an easy guideline. It's not that difficult. The only thing that drives us back is our unbelief and doubt. Well, you know, I'm a man. I got to do this. I got to do that. Yeah, you do need to be work. You don't need to be lazy. You know, just you don't you can't sit down and expect God to do it. I built the house. 
He gave me all the supplies and materials and the manpower. They just showed up. They just arrived. I had the superintendent of the schools there every day. It was 30 below zero. He was working beside of me every day. I got the witness of the band and got to be a good friends with him. He was not a Christian. Most of the men that worked in my house were not Christian people. They didn't even know why they were there. That's a fact of life. I had people come up to me and give me guns and money and trowels and stuff to lay the cement when I was ready. They didn't even know why they were bringing it and giving it to me. Wow. They didn't have a clue. But they drove all the way from Anchorage three hours, dropped it off, brought it up into this back country. You don't even know where I live. I mean, these guys had to be led by something. Dropped this equipment off, and the guy next to him says, why are you doing this? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> he didn't have a clue, people. Wow. He's God. He's God. He's God. He's our God. He's our provider. He's our deliverer. He's the one that makes our marriages strong. He's the one that makes our home exciting and powerful with one-mindedness in the things of God. You raise your children up in the things of God, I will promise you this much, they will not stray away. They will not just stray away. You have to bring them up in the principles and the ammunition. The ammunition is God's truth, his covenant promises, who they are in Christ Jesus. You can't just raise them. My father made us get out of bed every single night. He had 10 children, five foster children. Every single night and kneel beside that bread and pray to our God. And it was a cold farmhouse. Kneeling on that floor was not a warm thing. We didn't have carpet and stuff. Believe me not, not in that old farmhouse. Every night, he put the principles of God in his sons and his daughters' lives that are still there today. Generations that will go on. My children serve God because of what my father put in my life. My grandparents. That's, in, that, that's leaving a legacy. I told my sister-in-law about my brother who just died, funerals on Wednesday. I told him my brother had integrity. He raised his children in principles. He raised them right. Good work ethics, good values, good morals. Today they're teachers. They're teachers, one's a policeman. And I said, you've done well. You are leaving a legacy worthy of living under. We want to leave a legacy to our children and the people behind us that is godly with values and principles and power. We serve a big God. Yeah. That's a good looking family up here. <laughs> That's your pastor. You know, I remember then when they came here, I was pretty excited to have that family come here, be a part of our church. Isn't that a great thing, people? God sent him here. He may, he dragged his feet to come here. I can guarantee you that much. Because he doesn't like cold weather. <laughs> you guys all know that, don't you? He does not like cold weather. He likes to sweat. But you know, he came here. God brought him here. God ordained him to come here for a purpose. For our children. And for whatever else God's got a call in his life to do. And it's, all, it's not just the children. It's to advance the kingdom of God. That's why they're here. That's why each of our pastors are here. That's why we're here. It's not all about the pastors. 
They're only here to equip us. We've got to go do the work. In fact, they need to do the work as much as we do. It's about equipping the saints to do battle and drive back the gates of hell and, and to advance the kingdom Hallelujah. with the glory and power of God.